Well, we're back again. This is T. Randolph with T. Randolph and Friends. This is a special podcast I want to do today. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've actually talked to a number of my friends um, who have had to my home about this. And the reaction I've gotten from a lot of people has been pretty good. Uh, But there's also been some reactions, which is it cannot be that simple. What am I really talking about? Well, people say to me, all right, what's God all about? What am I supposed to do? What's my role in life? Tell me what the Bible's about. And I say to them, it's four words. Love God, love others. That's it. Four words. And when I first say that to people, the reaction is, it can't be that simple. It's got to be more to it. And then they look at me and they're, they got this befuddled look. And finally it comes to them. It really is that simple. But here's the word that follows. It really is that simple. Here's the word. But. B-U-T. Once you hear the word but, what does that mean? Well, everything you just told me, I'm going to discount. For example, honey, I love you, but. Anybody who's been in a relationship and they hear the words but after honey, I love you, what does that tell you? Uh Uh-oh, I got a problem. They're leaving me. They're no longer wanting to be in a relationship with me. It's a problem. How about at work? You're doing a great job, but. Well, when I hear but and I'm at work and they tell me I'm doing a great job, what does that mean? You're not doing a great job and we're probably going to fire you. Or you're going to have to change the way you do things. So this word but's pretty important. Now, why is it that people want to use the word but after they hear the simple statement, love God, love others? Think about it for a moment. I'm walking down the street, and I'm looking at people, and I'm saying to myself, well, God says to love him. Okay, that's kind of easy. I can tell him I love him. But I have to love others? Well, what's that all about? So I see a guy sitting on the side of the road with a flat tire. And I know he needs some help either pushing the car or with a jack or maybe I could go into a automotive store and buy a can of that spray stuff to just fill up the tire, make it really easy until he can drive down to a gas station. So, But then I look at my watch. Well, but I don't have enough time. But I could get my hands dirty. But who is this guy? But what if the guy wants money from me? And then what happens is by the time we list all those buts, what have we done? We've totally rationalized our behavior to do what? I don't need to love that guy right now. I don't have time to love him. He could be dangerous to me. It could be expensive for me. There could be a risk for me. So I'm justified in not loving him. Why do we as human beings do that? Because at the end of the day, we tell people we want to be loved We tell people we want to be accepted, but maybe we don't want to love and maybe we don't want to accept others. Or maybe we don't even know how to love and accept ourselves. Um, Case in point, I was sitting with a group of 10 people um, probably about a month or so ago, and I said to them, you need to love God, you need to love others. First reaction from everybody Oh, that sounds kind of good, but it cannot be that easy. It just can't be that simple. So then I opened up the Bible, and I was reading to them what Jesus was saying in Matthew, 
And Jesus was talking to the teachers of the law. These are the people who are like the religious people. And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. So in this group of 10 people, I said, it's really simple. That's what you need to do. And then of the 10 people, nine of them went off on tangents, starting with the word but. The only person who didn't do that was my wife. And I, I've always said that my wife's kind of the inspiration for, for, for this podcast and a lot of what we talk about. But here, these were the comments I got from people. Well, do I have to love somebody if they're not a Christian? God doesn't tell me to love people if they're not Christians. If they're not Christian, I don't need to love them. Another person said, well, what if they've hurt me? Do I have to love them if they've hurt me? They've injured me and they've harmed me, and that means I have to forgive them. So I don't want to forgive them because they don't deserve to be forgiven. Or, well, this person did such and such to me, and until they come around and be nice to me, I'm not going to go out and reach out to them because they, they're just not a nice person, and I don't feel I should have to do that. And then another person said, well, can't I just love them without having to get too close to them? Can't I just like give this person money? Or can't I just call them up once in a while and just bring like food to their house? I don't really need to talk to them, do I? I don't really need to get to know who they are, right? Every single one of my friends, these are all friends of mine, they're going to be mad at me when they listen to this, but it's true, and I told them this at the time. Loving people the way God wants us to love people, it's not easy. It's very hard. I want to repeat that. Loving people the way God calls us to love people is not easy. It's very hard. What are some of the reasons why it's so hard to love other people? Number one, we're sinners. None of us is perfect. Number two, we're dysfunctional. Every person is dysfunctional. I had a therapist that I used to talk to, and here's what he'd tell me. Normal is a setting on a dryer or a setting on a washer. No one is normal. And by the way, Jesus said, no one's good, no, not one. We'll talk about that a little later. Okay, so I've got, I'm a sinner. I've got, I'm dysfunctional. What's the next one? I'm insecure. If I go out and I start loving people the way God calls me to love people, I might get rejected. I might get injured or hurt by this person because I'm going to trust them. And when I trust this person, They're going to violate my trust, and they're going to injure me, and they're going to hurt me, and I don't want to feel that way again. So I'd rather be bottled up. I'd rather have my walls up. I'd rather have my insulation, my emotional insulation up so you can't touch me. So I'm only going to love you so far, but if you want me to go further, I can't go there, or I won't go there. What's another reason why people don't love the way God calls us to love? And why is it hard for us to do this. Because maybe in our childhood, maybe in even adulthood, when someone told me they loved me, every time I got hurt. So love equates to injury 
and harm. In my childhood, again, if you were to listen to my earlier podcast, when someone told me they loved me, that meant I was going to be injured, I was going to be hurt, I was going to be abused, and I didn't like that. So as I got older, when someone said, I love you, I got very cautious, very scared, and very nervous. So here's the other reason why it's difficult for people to love the way God calls us to love. There's a spectrum, and I call it grace on one end and law on the other end. So like east and west, you got grace and law. Somewhere in the middle is, I think, the medium. But here's what happens in life. If I go through life and I have this idea that I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not capable of being loved by God, I don't deserve to be loved by God, what do I have a tendency to do? Well, maybe I can earn God's love. He'll love me if. Well, if I keep all these laws, then I'm going to be a good person and he's going to love me. So I'm going to love this person because God tells me to love them, but my heart's not really in it. It's not a sincere love. I'm bringing them food because I want brownie points with God. I'm bringing them clothes because I want brownie points with God. I'm doing all these things because I'm making my list and I'm going to present it to Peter at the heavenly gates and say, look, I deserve to be in heaven because I did all these good things. And so what happens is, remember what I said? Loving people the way God calls us to love them? God doesn't say love somebody on condition. God doesn't say love somebody or just tolerate that person. God's saying, I really want you to love that person for real, like for real love. I want you to sit with that person and listen to them. I want you to take food to them when they need it. I want you to give them clothing, and I want you to do it with a spirit of joy. Not with expect, expectation, I'm getting something back, or I, I just did this for you, and you better appreciate it, and you better send me a thank you card, and you better call me, and you better email me, and you better tell all my friends you know, how great a person I am. You need to love people in a humble way, and just love them for the sake of loving them, because God asked you to do it, and because they're another human being made in God's image, just like you. The other thing that happens on the law side, in terms of loving people, is... Well, if I love according to law, then I have structure. One plus one equals two. So if I deliver you cookies on Monday and Wednesday and Friday, I have one. Then if I bring you clothes on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday, I have another one. And then that equals two. And that equals goodness. And that means I'm acceptable. And that means I'm going to heaven. That is not what God's about, and that is not what love is about. It's not about mathematical formulas. It's not about rules and following rules for the sake of following rules. It's about an intentional, emotional, heartfelt willingness to give of yourself without condition, without expectation. Think about what I just said, and that's why it's hard. Think about it. You mean I have to go out and be nice to somebody and really give to somebody and not thinking I'm going to be rewarded for it? Well, I don't want to do that. Who wants to do that? Well, maybe you want to do it because that's how you'd want to be treated one day. And maybe what you're doing for that person is at the end of the day benefiting you. 
There's a spiritual truth. I've talked about it before. When you give to others, you are giving to yourself. I want to repeat that. When you give to others, you are giving to yourself. Well, Randy, what does that mean? You know, there's a spiritual side to our existence. And when God says there's two commands, love me and love others, think about it. With the creator of the universe, with your creator, with the person who has the most infinite knowledge of any any spiritual being in existence, why would he say two things and you think that there's not going to be a spiritual blessing when you love others? Of course there's going to be a spiritual blessing and it's massive. Go out and love others and feel the spiritual blessing because believe me, it's there for you. All right, so we're talking about love God, love others, and we're talking about why people, why it's so difficult for people to do that. Now, there's a shoelace, and the title of this segment is God's Shoelace. Why do I call it that? I want you to think about a white shoelace you pull off your sneaker right when you buy your sneaker from the store. And you hold that shoelace in your right hand, your left hand, you pull it tight. When you pull that shoelace tight, I want you to think about the phrase, love God, love others. Nice white shoelace, nice tight shoelace. Okay, now I want you to hang that shoelace vertically. Your left hand at the top, shoelace hanging down. And then here's what I want you to do. I need to do works in order for God to love me. Tie a knot in the shoelace. Well... I'm not good enough for God to love me. I know they're not in the shoelace. That person doesn't deserve to be loved by me. They've hurt me. Put another knot in the shoelace. I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm not going to be there for them. They've injured me in the past. Put another knot in the shoelace. Well, why do I have to love that person? They're a bad person. They're a criminal. They're in jail. Or that person said bad things about me on the internet, on the phone. Or... Well, that person um, just doesn't deserve my appreciation. They're just they're 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 a person of a different color. They have a different faith. They don't speak my language. I don't want to care about that person. Put another knot. Now think about this for a minute. I want you to visualize this. That shoelace that you started with, nice and white, nice and clean, nice and tight. Very easy to put back in your sneaker and tie a shoelace, right? If you have all these knots in it, can you use that shoelace now? You can't. So what happens in life is we start with the shoelace, which is love God, love others. And as human beings, we start to tie knots. Why do we want those knots there in that shoelace? Here's some of the reasons why we want those knots there. Well, if the knot's there, I can hide. And what does that mean? That means that, well... If, if I have to love, but I have exceptions to loving unconditionally, and if I have all these rules, then I can hide and not really have to love the way God calls me to love. The other thing that I get to do is I get to refer to conditions or qualifications. What do I mean by that? Well, number one is I have the defense. They didn't meet my standards or they didn't meet this standard, so I don't have to love. The other thing is, well, they didn't meet God's standards. 
God said this in the Bible, and God said that in the Bible, and God said this in the Bible, and you know what? They're not doing any of that. This guy, he's out there cheating on his wife. This guy's living with his girlfriend. This person's a homosexual. This person's a lesbian, whatever it might be. This person makes all this money. I don't like the fact they make money. This person's a liar. This person gossips. This person's too fat. This person's too thin. I don't like the way this person drives their car. Any number of things. Did God ever say anywhere in the, in, in, in the Bible when he talks about this commandment to love one another, does he say, love one another, but? Is there the word but anywhere anywhere that says, love one another, but, but don't love them if they're a sinner. Never does he say that. I challenge any of you listeners, you can email me, you can call me, you tell me where the but word is, where God says, love one another. And Jesus even said, love one another as I have loved you. So why do we make it so difficult and why is it that we struggle so hard with something that's so simple again because when human beings deal with this idea of love it's a very powerful notion you mean i have to love my mother and father who abused me when i was younger mentally physically whatever do you mean i have to love my spouse who i divorced or i have to love my spouse who i'm married to now or You mean, I have to love my brother who said all these bad things about me to my family? You mean, I have to love my boss who fired me? You mean, I have to love this couple down the street that maybe they're gay and they're living together? You mean, I have to love them? And, you know, I want to share this with everyone who's listening. Why do you think God calls us to love one another? The first reason is because he loves us. And what God is saying is, listen, I am the creator. I made it all. Everything is here for for me. And what he is saying is, I love you. And because I love you, I want you to share the love that I have with other men and women who are just like you, all made in my image. And you know what I call it? I call it a love fest. If we as a society... If we as a community could love each other the way God loves us, think about the type of planet we would have. It would be so radically different. I'm loving you because God calls me to, but also because I get it. I understand that by loving you, my life is better. By loving you, our lives are better together. And that's what it's all about. So when I use the word but, after God saying, love your neighbor, and I use that word, but all that I'm doing is I'm interfering with the ability of myself to enjoy everything that God has for me. The promise of a long life, the promise of the blessing of what love can mean in a relationship with others, my wife, my children, my parents, my friends, my neighbors, strangers. When I interfere with what God's giving me to do, I interfere with the blessing he intends for me. So don't interfere with that blessing God intends for you. Be willing to be open to loving the way he calls us to love others, and you will be amazed. 
one of the things I want to share with the listeners, this is a blessing that um, God gave to Moses. This is in the Old Testament. It's in Numbers. And um, this was a blessing that God gave to Moses for the Israelites. Um, and it's a beautiful blessing. Many of you have heard it before. Uh, if you're Jewish or you're Christian, even if you are neither, a lot of times um, you'll hear this in in the world um, because it's such a beautiful blessing. But here here's what here's what God is saying. This is a this is God's blessing directly from Him. And here's what He says: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And then it says here in the Old Testament, right after this blessing, this is the Lord talking to Moses. He's basically saying, say this to them so my people will put my name uh, on the Israelites in their heart, and the Lord says, I will bless them. This blessing is available to everyone who's listening. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Be open to what he has for you in this lifetime. And it all starts with loving others as you love yourself. And I want to focus on that just for a moment. I had a friend of mine recently, we were talking, and we went over this phrase, Love others as you love yourself. And he was honest, and he said, you know what? I don't know how to love others. I said, well, why is that? He goes, because I don't know how to love myself. How am I supposed to love others when I don't even know how to love myself? And we've spent the better part of probably four or five different times together just talking about what does it mean to love yourself. And what he was saying was, no one ever told me how to love myself. I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. So he said, "Um, I I didn't have it. And my wife was saying, look, you can't give what you don't have. If no one helped you to understand what it meant to love yourself, how can you give that away when you don't even have it to give? And so my friend, he's such a wonderful person. Um, He's a Latino guy, just a great guy, him and his wife. Um. We spent a lot of time talking about this idea of love. And uh, there were many times that he would be crying and sobbing because he was realizing, you know what? I was all pent up. I was all blocked. I was all um, emotionally, you know, my emotional barriers, my walls, so to speak, and insulation, my emotional insulation. Because he'd been hurt so much as a young man and as a child, he was thinking, how do I love myself? I don't even know what that means. And so his personal journey was learning how to accept what God has to say. On the other side of the law question is the issue of grace. God's saying, I am loving you where you are right now. I know everything about your past. I know everything about you right now. And I know everything about your future. I still want you. I still love you. I still want you to be with me. And for those who are listening, I want to reemphasize this. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you might do. I don't care what you're doing right now. The Lord says he loves you and he wants you to be with him in paradise forever. So if you're listening right now and God's put that on your heart, seek him out. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Ask Jesus into your life and love him 
and watch the miracle of his love come inside of you where then now you can give it away to others. And I will tell all of you this. When you love the way God loves you, you are going to be blessed. You're going to have such a wonderful life. You're going to have trials and tribulations. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have a lot of craziness because that's just how life is. But at the end of the day, if you love the way God loves you and you give it away to others, you're going to receive the full blessing of what God has for you. So I hope that was something of a benefit to the listeners today. And I want to thank you as always and encourage you to continue to listen to what, what we have to say. I've got some really good guests coming in the future and uh, hope to have you back. Thank you. Thanks for listening to T. Randolph and Friends. Please write to us or check out our website, blog, and conversations at trandolphandfriends.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on topics and guest ideas for future shows. We are Listening to Life.